Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. I'll start with something funny, shall I? I heard about this husband and wife and they were driving down the road and they saw a sign that says, Nekadotius, 50 kilometers ahead. They began to argue over how to correctly pronounce the word Nekadotius. Everybody say Nekadotius. Do you know how to spell it? Nekadotius. The husband got so upset that he finally said, when we get to the next town, to this town, I'm going to stop and prove that I am right. So they drove silently, some of us know how that feels, for 30 minutes. And when they arrived in the town, he pulled over to the nearest fast food restaurant that he could find. And they both marched up to the counter and he told the young lady behind the counter, my wife and I have been arguing for the last 30 minutes. We, would you please tell us very slowly and very clearly how to pronounce the name of this place? So the young lady got really, her eyes got really big and she leaned over the counter and she said very, very slowly, Burger King, Burger King. (laughs) Nekadotius, Nekadotius. Some of us can relate to this whole thing. Welcome to the live streaming too. Uh, You guys from uh, wherever you are watching from, it's good to have you with us here uh, this morning. Wow, it's term three. I'm so excited about term three because term three is going to be all about relationship. As some of us already talked about, it's the Kylo, Keeping Your Love On or Keep Your Love On series that we're going to do. It starts in about two weeks' time. So this will really help us to grow in our relationship with God, but also very much to grow in our relationship with each other and also with ourselves. As the, as the church gets bigger and bigger, we've got to make sure that we also become smaller and smaller. And like Catherine says, we would love everybody to be in a life group, cell group, connect group, small group, because I think that's where life happens. Because even when we get bigger, sometimes you can get get lost a little bit. And the thing is, though, everything in life is about relationships. So I really encourage, we all encourage all of us to be in a group. And if you have a heart for maybe starting a group, even for these 10 weeks, then why don't you do that? You know, we'll give you a drive, a little DVD thing, and we'll give you some help, and you can connect with some people. We'll also have two of those Kylo series right here at church. One will be during the week, like during the day, during the week uh, sometime, and one will be at night also here. Uh, I don't know which night yet, but um, Rick will organize uh, all that stuff. See, relationships is so, so, so important. Three main relationships, obviously. One is our relationship with God, the most important one, right? Then we've got a relationship with yourself. That is very, very important. And then we've got a relationship with other people, both here in the church, but also, of course, out there, the ones that we're serving, the one we're trying to reach uh, with the gospel. So today I want to talk and I want to lay a foundation for this term, if you like. Today I want to talk about the one thing. Everybody say the one thing. The one thing. The most important relationship that we have is our relationship with God. Jesus always has to be first because everything comes from Jesus, through Jesus, and is for Jesus. Amen? It says here in Romans eleven thirty six, For from Him, and through Him, and for Him, or to Him, are all things. To Him be the glory forever. Amen. 
See, Jesus is the source of everything. All great life and real life all comes from God. It comes from God. It comes through the finished work of Christ, what he has done on the cross for us, the life that flowed from that place. It's just so beautiful. All life flows from God. And we give him all glory and all worship for who he is and what he's done. We put God first in our lives. Jesus says in Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the other things will be added unto your life. First of all, we seek the king. First of all, we see his kingship. First of all, we seek his face. Our relationship with God. First of all, we make him Lord of our lives. Say, Lord, you have it all. You lead me in the way that you have for my life. He needs to be the source of our lives because everything comes out of our relationship with God. Everything comes out of the flow of our relationship with God. Now, as I was preparing this week, I really felt that for some of us, it is time to recenter our lives. I felt even midway through the year now, it's kind of about midway, you know, uh, it's like almost like maybe some of us have make some maybe making maybe adjustment maybe in your life. That that somehow we've gone off offline a little bit and maybe our relationship with God has not been that important. And maybe we've got a lot of things going on in our lives and somehow we just kind of get a little bit maybe even disillusioned and we're just a little bit off track. And I, and, and I really felt that some of us, even for myself, that, that we keep realigning ourselves to make sure that focus that Jesus really is the center of our lives. That everything revolves around him and that all of our life, everything that we do, flows from everything that he is. You know, the stronger our relationship with God, the stronger our relationship with each other will be. I'll say it again. The stronger your relationship, our relationship as a church, but also individually, is with God, the stronger relationship will be in your life. The better spouse you'll be, the better parent you'll be, the better work, whatever you'll be. Relationship with God has to be number one. In our church, we have a slogan. We have a mantra. Who, what is our mantra? Can you please tell me? See if everybody knows it. The mantra of our church. What is our mantra? Well done. So many people know it. Passion for God and compassion for people. Everything flows out of the love of God for our lives and our love for Him. Even serving other people in the community and wherever we go, it is very important that we work this and that we serve out of our passion and life with God. I wrote this down. You cannot love people and love yourself without knowing the love of God in your own life. You need, you cannot love people and yourself without knowing how much God's love you. We can't put the cart before the horse. You know, in Mark 12, uh, some of the teachers of the Lord, they came to Jesus. And they asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment under the law? And he says this. He says, to love God with all of your heart, mind, strength, soul. And the second is this, to love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. And we know that Jesus fulfilled the law and, and that we fulfill this law by love. That love actually fulfills the entire law. Everything in the end is about law, the Ten Commandments, all of, sort of love. Um, everything, even the Ten Commandments, all about love. Loving God, loving each other, looking out for each other. If we would love perfectly, there would be no sin either. 
It's perfect love. Perfect love does not sin. It doesn't manipulate, it doesn't abuse, it doesn't do anything stupid, you know, in people's lives. Love God. And then Jesus, under the new covenant, he then re redefines what love is. He, refines, he says, it's John 13, he says, a new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, now you must love one another. <clears throat> and do you see the change? And it's actually a, a very subtle change, uh, but it's actually a very important change. Because in the old, you see that we have to love God with all of our heart, mind, strength, soul. But how do you do that? Where is the measurement that you know how much you actually love God. And that's why you will see in religion, that's why you see a lot of people trying as much as they can uh, to love God. But, you know, how much do you sacrifice? How many things do you say? How, many, how much money do you give? How, many, I mean, how much do you love God? You just don't know, do you? And that's what Jesus redefines. You can't, you can't love God by just your human love. Well, you can, but it's so limited. And when do you know if it's enough, or if your best is enough for God? And he redefines it. No, no, no. What actually works and how it's supposed to work anyway is that God pours his love into your life and this river starts flowing in your inmost being. And, and the love, when the Holy Spirit comes, who is love, comes into your life, then you start loving and living from that place. Because then you can love God. Because you have received this love. It's perfect love. And this perfect love enables you and empowers you to love him, but of course also to love yourself and also to love other people. So in the new covenant, we are, we are, we are challenged and we have the awesome privilege of living from this river of love that is behind your belly button. I talk a lot about our belly button here in church. And the reason why is because in the same way that we have this navel string, I want to say navel string, that's Nederlands, that's Dutch. So the navel string, the, the, the cord that you had with your mother was the way you were felt. That was your link with your mother to life as you were a baby. But in the same way, when you are born again and when the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you when you are a Christian, that says now you have a navel string. Everybody say navel string. You got a navel string, you got a cord straight to heaven. And that's why when you're born again, that's why everything, that's why heaven lives in you. It's not some place you're going to go to. Yeah, of course there's going to be a place. There's going to be New Jerusalem and all this kind of stuff is going to happen. But heaven is right here. Heaven is in the unseen realm. It's where God is. But you know where he is? He's actually right in your tummy. He's right here behind you. Here behind. There's, there's this umbilical cord that is straight to heaven. It's called the river of God. It's the fire of God. It's everything about God. And that's why we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Because it's all in the thing. Now, our, our purpose then in life is to live from this place and to start sucking from this place like a baby, right? <laughs> Having this life come from this place, and from that place, you live your life. Most of us, even as Christians, most of us live from our minds or our, even our polluted minds, not even the mind of Christ, because again, the mind of Christ is in your belly button, remember? That's, just, that's where the Spirit is. The Spirit is the mind of Christ. He wants you to have the mind of Christ, which you have, but He's trying to renew your mind, because sometimes they can be world apart. This is not even in my notes today, but I think for somebody of you needs to hear this, otherwise I wouldn't be saying it. We need the mind of Christ, and not to live from our puny minds. I mean, some of you are very brilliant in your minds, and that's cool. But the thing is, though, you'll never be as brilliant as God is. He's perfect, 100%. And he's absolutely incredible. So live from this place of God in our lives. just amazing. You know, we cannot do relationships without knowing and feeling the love of God. 
And I'm not talking about just knowing the love of God. I'm about knowing, you know, knowing in the Bible often has to do with sex. You know a woman, like you know, it's like that intimate. You don't, but you know God, like knowing, intimacy, love. That thing, if you don't feel that love of God, then you're missing out. They're missing out. The greatest thing about the Christian life is that we are filled with liquid love. And this love pulsates through your river. I always talked about this, your spirit. And that is the most beautiful thing. And that's why you can love other people, love God, you love yourself, and even love your enemies. Because it's supernatural. It's not even your love. And so you're kind of together with God doing this amazing love thing. But I think sometimes we try to love in our own love. And it's very limited. You know? Everything comes from God. All love comes from God. Everything comes from our union with God. In Him we live and move and have our being, as the Scripture says. You know, I love it that we are, as people, we are born um, out of intimacy, aren't you? Your parents had sex, and because of that, you had a baby, you know, came. You came. We are all a project of one time, you know. It's just the way it is. We were all born. Life all comes out of intimacy. And then the wonderful thing is then we as a little baby, we get then born into a family. More intimacy. How it's supposed to be, obviously. Mommy and daddy, love you. Brothers and sisters, happy family. This was meant to be, right? I know there's a lot of things going on, but that's what meant to be. Safe, intimate, beautiful, powerful. Same way when we get born again in the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life and your spirit and his spirit come together, there is intimacy and boom, you become a little baby. Now you are a babe in Christ. You become a son and a daughter of the living God. And then we are born out of intimacy of the Holy Spirit into a loving family of God. The most wonderful, beautiful family of God. This is the most beautiful and powerful group of people that I know sitting right in front of me and in hundreds of other churches here and billions of people around the globe as the day unfolds today. It's the most powerful, the most potent, the most loving, the most kind, the most awesome group of people is the body of Christ. And we are born into the body of Christ and we're born into this amazing relational community. Now the thing is though, as you know, that sounds amazing, but sometimes the relationship don't work that well. And we have issues, right? We all have issues. Even Catherine and I have issues. And our kids are testimony of that. And some, and some of you are testimony of that. But we all have issues, right? And we all learn to grow in our relationships. And we all need help, don't we? We all need help. I need help. But I tell you, the closer I get to God... The closer my relationship is with God and the Holy Spirit, the better my relationship will be with my kids, with myself, my wife, with you guys. You know, the best thing I can do for you is to be awesome with God. But the same for you. Whatever your influence, whatever, your, whatever you do in life, you know, we're the best, best basketball players here in Christchurch, you know, or you're doing this great business thing, you know, or you're like, you know, John the other day with the prime minister, John, and you Photo, Prime Minister, come on, man. Influence, man, influence. But wherever we have influence, there you can have the influence of the Holy Spirit. There's something about you. You know, we had a funeral here 
uh, on Monday, uh, Aroha's brother uh, sadly passed away. Um, uh, how long ago? Six weeks ago or so now? A month ago? I don't know exactly. And it was very, very sad. Um, but on Monday morning, we had this beautiful funeral here. Most of the people who came here were not Christians. They were right here. And we were singing the song. Say it again. Raise a hallelujah. In the, mid- in the midst of, my, of the storms of life, I raised a hallelujah. And we were just a band, you know. John was there. I was playing drums. We were just going for it, weren't we? Out of was just, ah, you know. And so these guys had never experienced anything like this before. And so many people said, I like, this is good. You know, church, no, this is amazing. I, I heard this, Nikki, you were saying that some of the people that, that some of the guys you worked at said, it's so good to be around people who have hope. They have, a, they have something more than just this life. It's not all over. And I mean, there's such a testimony. I'm actually excited now about funerals and weddings because actually the testimony that we have for people, and, and, and Michael, I mean, it's very sad he's gone, but what an incredible evangelist he was. What, wasn't it? I mean, we heard all the stories, didn't we, Linda? And, and just amazing what, what he, he, he ran his race. He did well. He went too soon, I know. But the thing is, though, he did very well. He probably spoke more, to more people about Jesus than most of us in this room. What I heard? Come on, guys. Powerful. We can use these moments because people just don't know. People don't know Christ. They don't know the love of God. And here we can show the love of God and do something. You know, go the second mile and show some love. Show something that is out of the extraordinary. You, people just don't do that. No, it's because Jesus does do that. Because he's just absolutely awesome. Because he's so different, he's so wonderful, he's so loving and so kind. And find these little moments to show love in a way that is very specific and very special and very intentional sometimes, you know. Amen? Amen. Okay. Just take a thought break. Think about something. Just start to think about what I'm talking about. So Jesus is always first. And the reason why he's first is because he empowers everything in our lives. His love empowers everything in our lives because he is the source of our lives. And really that's what I want to talk about today. That the one thing is really him. He is our one thing. And that when we start this relational series that the most important thing you can ever do in any relationship, even in restoration, reconciliation, whatever you're hoping for with marriage or family, friends, people far away from God, whatever, is that the source, because everything comes from him and the power that you need to see things changed. See, so many of us struggle with the Martha syndrome. Now, we have Martha and Mary in the Bible. They were meeting with Jesus one time at their home. And then Mary sat with Jesus as he was worshiping him, talking to him. And they were having a wonderful communion together and intimacy. And Martha was running around, cups of tea, taking texts, phones, whatever going on in her life to try to organize stuff. But Jesus says, hey, Mary did the right thing, Martha. I know it's nice to run around, but in the end, I'm here right now. And right now, the priority is to sit with me. And the thing is, though, Jesus is not looking for Marthas. Jesus is looking for Marys who will sit with him, who will look at his face. He's looking for Marys who will become Marthas. There's nothing wrong but doing work. It's actually very important that we do amazing. But we can't put the cart before the horse. Otherwise, we've got to be so busy for God, and then we lose our relationship with God because we're just being busy. Now, I am the first to acknowledge that I have a problem in this area. I enjoy more. Now, I love worship, so I, I put something on and I just worship and I go crazy because I just love doing that. 
Uh, I was actually this morning going to wear Catherine, but I couldn't find it. I was going to wear an Integrity Music um, T-shirt, which I have a lot of. Oh, but over 40s, do you still remember Integrity Music those days, you guys? So remember, every new album was also a new T-shirt. So I had all the T-shirts, right? I was actually going to work for Integrity in Europe, and I said no to come to New Zealand. Anyway, but the thing is, though, uh, it was so funny. And, so, and when we got married, you know, I would, in the morning, I was all, I'm a morning person, you know, uh, getting a bit less a morning person, but also depends a little bit on what time I go to bed. Uh, but the thing is, though, we, we, I would, in the morning, just come dancing into the room with only a T-shirt on and dancing into the room, <laughs> praising Jesus, you know. And Kath was saying, get behind me, Satan, you know. There's something in the Bible about this, right? You just don't do that. Eh? But I was so excited about God, you know. I love worshiping God, you know. I had the t-shirt here, you know. The Lord reigns. You no, know, Bob Fitz, when it came out, the Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. Let the earth be joined. You know, and I was just crazy about worship. I just love worship. And the new album came out again and all those new songs again, you know. And of course, my kids do it now with Bethel or Hillsong or whatever. And I do it too. But I'm just saying to you, I really enjoyed that. I had the t-shirt, you know. Amazing. But be honest with you, though, I am drawn... I am drawn a little bit to doing. I'm a bit of a doer. So sometimes, I, what do you mean, yes? <laughs> I, I'm a bit of a doer, and I like to do stuff, right? Get into it, you know? And sometimes I, like I said sometimes the other day, sometimes Jesus can be in your, in your heart, and I see it as like a bedroom, and his bed is over there, and just, you never acknowledge him, you know? And sometimes I can be that way too. Just, even as a pastor, I know everybody says, Ugh, you know, it's terrible. But the thing is, though, because you get so busy, and a lot of things had to be done. And so many people, you, you guys call me, you know, say, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. You know, and there's all this stuff going on that I got to make sure that I stay in this place with God. Because life gets really busy. And we can't be Martha's all the time. We got to make sure that we're first a Mary and then a Martha. Because otherwise the wrong things around and things get out of kilter. That's why I'm talking today about realigning ourselves, particularly as we go into the series that we put Jesus first in our lives in every area. Amen? So important. See, God is not after your work, but he's after your worship. I'll say it again. God's not after your work. He's after your worship. God's not after your help. He's after your heart. And when he has your heart, he'll help you help. He'll help your work. He'll have everything. But he really, and so for us, is to give him our heart. I love David in the Bible. Do you love David? David in the Old Testament, he was, he was called a man after God's own heart. Well, that's quite amazing to be called that way. That was quite amazing. And I'll show you in a minute why. Because why? You know why? Because David was interested and his priority was the? He used to say one thing altogether. The one thing. He was interested in the one thing. I'll prove it to you. Psalm 27. One thing. Everybody say one thing. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in his presence all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty, the delightful loveliness, the majestic grandeur of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. I love this in the Passion Translation. Here is the one thing. Everybody say one thing again. It's in the Bible, you know. One thing I crave from God, the one thing I seek above all else, I want the privilege of living with Him every moment in His house. Look at this. Finding the sweet loveliness of His face, filled with awe, delighting in His glory and His grace. 
That's why God loved him so much. And of course, David loved God so much. So it's just a special relationship there. He craved God's presence. He craved his face. Not just his hands. God, what is a gift for me and do stuff for me and help me. There's nothing wrong with that. But first has to be his face. First has to be... When you have a baby, you know, the first thing you look at, you don't look at his bum unless you have to change the bum, right? You don't look at his feet unless you kind of compare whose feet has he got or his ears. Hey, who's here? Your ears, my ears, you know, what family is here? No, you look at his face. Hello. Right? That's normal. When you love a child, you look at the face. Right? God wants you to look at his face. His face is so beautiful. You look at the Bible, his face is radiant and powerful and glorious. His presence. David was totally obsessed with God. And his priority was the one thing. And the one thing was his presence, was loving God with all of his heart. What about you? What about me? How passionate are we? for God how much do we really want his face in our lives you know for David all David's success in life as a king as a, as a writer as a prophet as a warrior all the stuff in David's life came out of his love for God I'll tell you something it says here David's success all of David's ministry came out of his intimacy. I'll say it again. All David's ministry, whatever that is, as a businessman, as a king, as a whatever, all ministry. Remember, we're all ministers, right? I'm not a minister. I'm also a minister, but you are ministers, right? We're all ministers, right? Okay, let's make sure. All ministry comes out of intimacy. If it has to be any worth, and have any power. You know, God... Loved David so much that he named his own son Jesus after David. Jesus was called son of David. That's pretty amazing, you know. Son of David. Look at the Psalms, they're full of it. Just a few thoughts here and then I'll finish. Psalm 18, look at this. Lord, I passionately love you. I want to embrace, actually it literally says hug you. For now you've become my power. You're as real to me as the bedrock beneath my feet, like a castle on a cliff, my forever firm fortress, my mountain of hiding, my pathway of escape, my tower of rescue, where none can reach me, my secret strength and shield around me. You are salvation's ray of brightness, shining on the hillside, always the champion of my cause. God is always the champion of your cause. Now, some of you are worried how am I going to do this? Lord, are you with me? Yes, he is with you. He told us that he would never leave us nor forsake us. He is always with you. Yeah, but I don't feel it. Well, you don't always have to feel everything. Life is not always about feelings. Now, if you never feel God, so if you never feel God, I am worried. Because you should feel God. Because the kingdom of God is joy and peace. And if you don't have that, it's a feeling. So righteousness, peace, and joy, you know, so if, you know. But the thing is, though, it is not all about your feelings. Feelings can lie to you. God is always with you. Always with you. This is a word for somebody right here. Always the champion of my cause. He knows. You know he's fighting for you? Behind you? Above you? Around you? Doing stuff. You have no idea some of the things that are happening. Because they're happening somewhere in the spirit. All the angels... 
working overtime for you. Some of you are really overtime. <laughs> you know, they're working behind the stage, always working. God, God does those things. He said, oh, I got this promotion. No, we prayed about it. Edward, we pray about it. I believe God was doing this thing. The angels were working this thing out. You have favor. He was only going to give you a God for three weeks, four weeks. He says, straight away, I give you a whole. That's favor. That's not just, that's not normal. It's favor. God favors his children. And so, but the thing is what we do, we all get concerned about stuff, you know, how it's going to work out, whatever, whatever. But why don't we just spend some time in prayer and just worship him? And when we do, suddenly things start, hey, this looks a lot better now. The sun, the sun has come up. Wow, this is a bright day. Some of the business deals that you have. Don't worry so much some of the business deals. Trust God with those business deals. He will give you favor. Some of you in this room, I know, you've had favor on your life. And he said, everything I do or think of turns to gold. It's not because you're so awesome. Now you are because God made you awesome. But it's also God doing stuff. And so important that we acknowledge God in everything that we do. Because all life and all goodness and all everything comes from him. Amen? So David's passion for God really became his power too. I want to talk about for a moment his strength. His provision, God became his provision, his protector, victory, rest, joy, comfort. See, passion releases power. Guys, our passion for God releases the power of God. Look at this, Psalm 18. You empower me, David says, for victory with your wrap-around presence, which is very close. Here you see the, the relationship between empowering me and me being in his beautiful bosom, hugging, having his life with God together, Right? Your power within me makes me strong to subdue. And by stooping down in gentleness, look at this. God stoops down in gentleness. He doesn't have to perform. What? He's like a flick of a... Anything can happen, you know. He can incinerate you with one little thing. His gentleness, you strengthened me and made me great. David knew that it was God who was making him great. God is also making each one of us Great, because of his power that is work inside of us. We can do great exploits, both in your job and also for the kingdom of God in your life and through your life. Amen? I love this here. David, again, 18. In your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale a wall. I mean, that is like, that's big language. I don't think it was just because David was up himself. I don't think so. Very, very gifted. Like, I'm strong. No, he really knew his strength. Look at the next line here in the Passion. With you, God, as my strength. See, that's where it came from. I can crush an enemy horde advancing through every stronghold that stands in front of me. I'll tell you, some of you got strongholds standing in front of you, and you need to see a breakthrough. Now, this is how I fight my battles. We're not going to sing it today. It will come, though. This is how I fight my battles. When I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. When I feel surrounded by bad stuff and things, I'm actually surrounded by you. This is how I find my battles. That's what Michael W. Smith has wrote that song. It's gone global around the globe in the sense of the power. Because it's so true. Sometimes we feel so surrounded by the trouble of life and the issues of life and we don't know what to do. <clears throat> but it says that when I'm surrounded, I'm actually surrounded by you. God plays a table, Psalm 23, right in the midst of your enemies. And here we see we had a powerful, powerful preaching at Hillsong last week. Catherine and the kids were at Hillsong. Powerful preach by um, Louis, Louis Giglio. 
about this whole thing, right? He says, you prepare a table for me right in the middle of my enemies. And the enemies are all around him. And Giglio had his table and, and we were talking together. And he was just sitting there with God and pretending that all these 35,000 people in the stadium were his enemies, if you like. But I'm sitting with Jesus. And if you sit with Jesus, it doesn't really matter who is around. Because he is around you. He is with you all the time. And then he powerfully said, make sure, though, that no, the enemy doesn't sit at your table. Don't let the enemy come in and take a seat. Because he sometimes is so daring, he is up himself. And he comes and sits down the table. I'll sit here. And if you don't stop him, if you don't contain those thoughts, if you allow him, and some of us have allowed this stuff in our lives, he'll start sitting at your table. And here you have Jesus and the enemy and you sitting at the table. Now, I can't th think of anything worse and you're being manipulated and tested, tested, um, nah, that stuff, by the enemy, right in the middle. But I want you to know that in the middle of your problems, in the middle of your issues, in the middle of, of being surrounded by whatever surrounds you at the moment, I am surrounded by God. He's in me. He is around me. There's the angels. They're all there. Open your eyes. You know there's a little simple person running this world trying to make it ends meet and do it. No. Sorry, I'm getting excited about this. You're not like that. You are a son and a daughter of the living God. All creation is waiting for you to release and to show what God is really like. And to be like Jesus. In three years' time, Jesus did so many miracles and so many things that it says that books, the whole universe could not contain the books of all these miracles. That is an all. I was thinking, how on earth can you do that in three years? That's like. And Jesus says, you do bigger things than I have done. Why do we think so small all the time? And you know why we think so small? It's because we sometimes have a small God in our minds. Thank you, Lord, you're, you're with me. On the leash or something, you're with me. No, he's not with you. Yes, he is with you, but he is the God of the universe. He is the King Almighty, the Lord of Lords. He's powerful, he's glorious. He is around you, but he's also in you. And I think it's about time that we acknowledge who he is and then draw from his power because we cannot do it by ourselves. Some of us have tried, right? You've tried, right? I've tried. Come on, be honest. You've tried. Does it work? Not really. I mean, you can go for a while. because you just made an image of God. You don't have to be a Christian to be awesome. Because every person is awesome. Every person, they're broken. A lot of stuff. The sinful nature is there, which gets taken out when you become a Christian. And some ways you can't blame the world in that sense. When they have a sinful nature, that's what they do. They sin. That's who they are. And that's why you can't really... Criticize that or judge that, you know. That's why the Corinthians, Paul says in Corinthians, we've been given the ministry of reconciliation that God is not, not, N-O-T, counting men's sins against them. That's the message we have. God loves people. Jesus went to a cross and took the sin of the world upon himself. And so that's the offer that we have for humanity. That God is not counting your sins against him. He wants you to come home. The sin is destroying your life. And we see it all over the place, don't we? Sin used to destroy my life too. 
but I'm determined it's not going to destroy my life. I'm a new creation of God. He's renewing my mind. He's strengthening me. He's given me his power, the same power that lives inside of me. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Amen? Maybe the band can come up. What about you? Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Are you seeking his face and say, Lord, I'm completely surrendered to you, like David? You are my all in all. You are my love. You are my one thing. You know, some of us are like Martha that's running around, and like I said before, we're such busybodies. But it's not taking us anywhere. We're just busy. Busy buzzies. And God is saying, I want you to come into my, into my rest. Align our lives with him. Some of us have been overwhelmed by the troubles of life. And you struggle. But the thing is, though, you haven't gone to God with it. You have gone to the phone. That's good. Talk to other people. You help each other. That's, that's a good thing. But the thing is, though, other people can help you, and they should help you. But God really should be first. Other people can help you and they should help you. But the thing is, though, God is first. Don't just run to, and some of you run into other things like medication to medicate the pain and try to solve our lives that way. And we're no longer in the flow of the Holy Spirit. We're, no, we're not really plugged in. Maybe some of us have deviated a little bit, drifting, drifted in our minds and our heart from God. I mean, God never leaves you, not forsake you. If you're a Christian, you're one spirit with him. He'll never leave you. But that own, in our emotions, in our experience, we just don't, maybe don't feel him much now because we've been so busy and we've kind of drifted a little bit. And so today there's a call, I would suggest, a call for us to come back to the center, that Jesus be the king of our hearts and that he be the center of our lives. Zechariah 4.6 says, it's not by might, not by power, and he's relating to our power, our strength, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Everything is dependent on his spirit. In his spirit, you find everything you'll ever need. This umbilical cord I just talked to you about, straight to heaven. That's where you get your strength and your weakness. You are strong because he's strong. You find joy, a peace, even in the midst of chaos. Love, understanding, wisdom, ideas, healing, all the stuff is in God. And so some of us need to realign this morning. Maybe halfway through the year we have this kind of, maybe just adjustment. And I'll be with you because I want to do the same thing today. I want to say to Jesus, I want to realign my life. I want to, some of us want not to reset just reset. That you, Jesus, you are my true north. And I'll be never disappointed when I put my trust in you. When my focus is you, you when I seek your face. You know, we're going to sing King of My Heart. And I want to invite you to come forward. If you say, I want to I put Jesus first in my life. 
I want to put Jesus first. Or, or you say, I want to realign it. Sometimes it's good to have a step of faith to say, I want to realign myself. Jesus, I want to, I want to just refocus on you. Say, Jesus, you are, my, you are my one thing. You really are. And so as we sing this song, King of My Heart, I want to invite you to come forward. You can stand in the aisles too. Not everybody can stand here. And we're going to say, Jesus, we, we give you our heart. We give you our love. We give you our everything. You are so good, Lord. You are my one thing.